Be prepared. It's the 60-minute dash. Your hosts, Hunter Highwell and Nick Pellucci. From Studio C at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Westbury, New York, it is the 60-Minute Dash on All Noise Radio, powered by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Follow the 60-Minute Dash on Twitter and on Instagram, as always, at the 60-Minute Dash. A lot to get to today, but we have to start it off with the Battle of New York, or as I like to call it, the Toilet Bowl. The Jets defeat the Giants 34-27, a mixed bag of results for both teams. But like I said, the Jets come out on top, and there's a lot to talk about today from both ends. A game of who sucks less. I loved it so much. I loved watching this game yesterday. It was fantastic. I was up and at him about it. I was excited to see the first drive go as well as it does every week for the New York Jets. And then yeah. it's when I started to hold my breath. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But they go up 14 nothing, And now I'm starting to think, whoa. Are they going to blow out the New York Giants right now? Are they about to do that? And then their defense does what it's done all year, and it's just, oh, we're going we're gonna to take a step back now and uh, you know, see what this guy could do. We're going to watch the game instead of playing it. Well, what wound and up happening is we, the Jet offense started to do what they always do. They went into a shell again, and I thought that it was just going to be the same old story. The Giants are going to come back. They're going to take the lead, which they eventually did do. The Giants did take the lead. But what happened this time was Jamal Adams decided, hey, I was complaining oh, two weeks ago. Let me go out and prove myself to this fan base because last week I was all over him. You were all over him because he complained like a baby, and then he played like garbage against the Dolphins. But he comes in, he bull rushed Saquon Barkley twice, and that's somebody we have to talk about today, Barkley. We'll get to him in a minute. But he bull rushed Barkley twice, oh, basically steals the ball from Daniel Jones and runs it into the end zone. Nick, if that play doesn't happen, the Giants probably win this game because the Jets needed a big play on defense. They haven't gotten that all season. And this team needed that boost of energy if they were going to do anything in this game. Well, that play alone is really your difference in the game. 34 is 27. And I have yet to wear this shirt this year. This is the first time I'm wearing it because he's finally proven himself why he deserves to talk what he talks and he finally walked the walk yesterday. It was incredible. That play alone set the stage for the rest of the game. The Jets, to me, looked very comfortable on offense. Yes, it did stall in the second and third quarters, but I saw a lot more out of this team. I saw a lot of RPO. I saw a lot of play action. I saw a lot of rolling out from uh, Sam Darnold. And you know what he did? He didn't force the ball into tight coverage yesterday. He found the open man, he bought some time, and he got it to where it needed to be. On that one throw where he was being taken down and he threw it to Robbie Anderson for a first down, I was nervous because I did not see Robbie Anderson on the TV at the time, and I thought it was just another ill-advised throw. And I was about to get up and start screaming, and once I saw the first down, I was like, okay, he knows what he's doing now. But yesterday, he looked a lot more comfortable than he did in the last two weeks. I think when he first came back against Dallas, it was a game where Dallas was just set back, ready for Philly the next week. But coming into the next two weeks after that, he just looked lost. He did not look comfortable on the field. He did not look ready to play. To me, he really looked like he wasn't 100% healthy at all. But yesterday, we saw the complete opposite. And for all those who are saying and giving up on Sam Darnold, you know, yesterday what we saw is what the representation of Sam Darnold could be in the NFL. 
Well, let's be clear. You and me were talking about this before the show. We talked about all the stats about Troy Aikman, Peyton Manning. I think Peyton Manning had the most interceptions by a rookie quarterback in NFL history. That's all well and good. This win doesn't change anything for me with Adam Gaze. I still think he's a terrible head coach, but it gives me a little bit more faith with Donald. I never gave up on him, but like you said, he just looked more poised in there. And I know Daniel Jones threw for four touchdowns yesterday, but you can make the argument that if you watch the game, Sam Darnold performed better than Daniel Jones. And if you look at some of the things that Gay said in the press conference after the game and Darnold said after the game, Gay said that he looked a little bit more relaxed. He looked more calm. He looked ready. That he was more understanding of the offense. He was giving what the Giants... Well, he was taking what the Giants gave him, excuse me. And Gay said we were more focused on the drive at hand than we were the end result. I mean, that really doesn't sit well with me because that makes it seem like the Jets are always looking ahead. And that explains a lot of things. But he looked more poised. He gave me a lot of confidence that he is the guy. He will get the Jets out of this. He said we can go on a run here. And they should go on a run here. I'm not saying that they're going to win out, like he said, and go 9-7. and But they play the Redskins. And a typical Jet thing to do would be have a really good win against the Giants, shut down Saquon Barkley to only one yard on 13 carries, really take advantage of this bad Giant offensive line sacking Daniel Jones six times. I mean, how good did this defense play? I mean... Nathan Shepard, where did he come from? He was injured, and he comes out, and he gets a sack. He gets tackles left and right. But the Jets then go to Washington next, next week, and they need to beat the Redskins. I mean, you cannot do what the Jets always do. Go down to Washington and lay an egg. It cannot happen. They have to roll with what they performed yesterday. It wasn't a great game by the Jets, okay? You played the New York Giants, who are also just as you know dysfunctional as you guys are alone. There was talks all week about, oh, if you put the two, the best of both these teams on the field, they still may not go 500. Well, yesterday we saw good and bad from both sides of the ball. Yeah, the defense made big plays when they had to, but they also gave up third down conversions. They also gave up over 300 yards and four touchdowns to Daniel Jones. They let Slayton tear up that backfield, tear up the secondary. Golden Tate, same thing. But if we look at the good sides, the strip sack by Jamal Adams to return for a touchdown, that's the kind of big plays that you're going to need down the road that are going to make the difference in these games. Well, for me, all I needed to see yesterday was Darnold. But Jamal Adams is just what I needed to see, what I wanted to see because he needed to perform. He needed to go out there and he needed to play better. And the defense stood the defense even though they gave up four touchdowns to Daniel Jones and a lot of those bad touchdowns. I mean credit to the Giants because Golden Tate with that screen pass that he took all the way for a touchdown. Then you also had Slayton just tearing up the Jets. Rhett Ellison had a couple big plays. But Nick, let's shift gears here. The Jets played a really good game. It was really sound. They played well. But my God, Pat Shermer the Jets have been the talk of the town recently because of how bad Adam Gaze is, and he's been hiding in the weaves, in a sense. But how bad is Pat Shermer? How bad is he as a head coach? As, a, as the Giants head coach, how many wins does he have? He has like 12 wins in his career as a coach. He's 12-45. and 45. He continues to make stupid decisions. He confuses me all the time. And you know what? All he's done is lose as Giants head coach. That's all you have to say. He's lost. And remember what Dave Gettleman sold us on? Oh, he's the adult in the room. That's what he sold you on. Guess what, Dave? It doesn't matter. It doesn't sell me at all because, to me, 
Pat Shermer doesn't even have that leadership quality you need in a head coach. Your number one overall priority as a head coach is to be a leader and take control of the chemistry, the morale of this team as a whole. You have 53 guys under your control. You have to do that. And you're coming out of these games. Now, the big thing, takeaway I had after the game, Pat Shermer saying, oh, you know, Saquon Barkley, he was banged up and he wasn't 100%. Then why is he out there? He ran for one yard against the New York Jets. One yard. Saquon Barkley, the number two overall pick in the 2018 draft. That is inexcusable. If he's not 100%, do not send him out there. This is a meaningless football game. You're not playing for a playoff spot. You don't need one of your best players out there in a position that is not... It's very scarce. There's a high demand for that position because there's not a lot of guys that can do it for a long time. And if you're going to go send them out there and risk further injury, you're in for a rude awakening. You have Wayne Gallman back there. You have, there's, there's other options that you could go to. I know they're not great, but you cannot jeopardize Saquon Barkley in this situation. Well, I don't think Pat Shermer cares about damaging Saquon Barkley because, let's be honest, Nick, he needs to win football games because he hasn't done that. He needs to sell this uh, this front office that he's the guy for the job. Every time he is asked, what can you sell to front o- to the front office? What can you sell to the Giant fans? He stutters. He doesn't get a clear answer out. He just avoids the question. Nick, it's not about keeping Saquon Barkley healthy anymore. It's about winning games. He needs to win. He has lost nothing but lose here. And listen, we've all ripped apart Nate Solder. He's been a bad signing. He has not performed to expectation, but they took him out yesterday, and my God, did the Jets abuse. What was his name? I forgot who the, who the replacement was, but the Jets abused that offensive line after that. Also on defense, DeAndre Baker, I think we could just go down and say that he's awful because the Jets torched him all day. Donald to Demarius Thomas and Donald to Robbie Anderson. It was just too easy for the Jets. The, Je- the Giants barely got any pressure on Darnold. I mean, they were collapsing the pocket on him. But listen, we, ha- we saw a typical Leonard Williams game. He got close. He got close to the quarterback. And listen, for Giant fans, that might be well and good, but I still see him as the sixth overall pick in the NFL. That's what I see him. I see him as the sixth pick in the NFL draft. And he was just a disappointment yesterday. But going back to Shermer, Nick, these are the things that we need to see. We need to see Williams get to the quarterback. We need to see Barkley play better. We need to see this line play better because right now Daniel Jones is not good enough for the front office. He needs to win games. So if you're going to tell me that he needs to sit Barkley and play Gallman, he can't afford that. I think it's better in his case because if Saquon Barkley goes down with a serious injury, that's also going to be on uh, Pat Shermer, and it's going to be even worse for him. They won't it, care. They, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter to the front office because if he goes down, they're just still going to look that he lost. They're not going to give him the excuses. This isn't the Jets. But that is my point. If Pat Shermer knows that that's going to happen, he might as well just not send him out there at all. I, I disagree. I, you need to send Barkley out there if you're Pat Shermer because you need to give yourself the best chance to win. It's not about next year for him. This so is about getting a, to next year. So you're telling me a 50% Saquon Barkley is better than a 100% Wayne Gallman? Yes. Yes, I am. And I and because the, Saquon, I, I don't know I don't think that one yard proves it Saquon, on thirteen carries. Yeah, but did you see the blocking that they had for? You can't excuse the Barkley getting bull rushed by Jamal Adams because that was just a disgraceful. That was just disgraceful by Barkley. But listen, you need to be able to get Barkley into open space because he was still effective in the passing game. 
but you cannot sell me that Wayne Gallman is going to do so much better than Barkley did yesterday. The Jets were all over the Giants. And that doesn't excuse Barkley all the way around. He only had one yard. But, Nick, you cannot send Gallman out there if you're Pat Shermer. You cannot do it. He needs to win football games. He needs to be able to get to next year because if he gets fired, he's not going to get another job as a head coach. This is it. At this point, no, there's no way I'm sending out a number two overall pick if he's not 100%. And when I saw what he said after the game, it really struck me. And I'm like, you know, the future of your franchise is going to revolve around your top two picks from the previous two drafts. But it's not Daniel about- Jones and Saquon Barkley. But Pat Shermer might not have a future here if he doesn't win. That's my point. He may He's not, not going to win regardless. Well, then, Whether well, there's he, too many other problems for him. He to, has to try, though. He has to try to win. If he's sending out Wayne Goldman out there... He's not he, doing a very good job right now. Well, I, I'm not a disagreeing with you. I think he's a terrible head coach. I think him and Gaze are one and two on the worst head coaches in the NFL. My point is he just has to try to win. Yesterday, I saw a lot of garbage from that giant team. Janoris Jenkins got lucky that Demarius Thomas stepped out of bounds because Demarius Thomas toe-tapped and got around Janoris Jenkins, and he this is the second straight week he's done that. He's completely missed a tackle like he didn't give a damn. He, was it, wasn't that Jamison Crowder? No, that was that play? It was Demarius Thomas. Or am I thinking of a different play? You're thinking of a different play because Demarius Thomas catches a ball, and Janoris Jenkins does his best job to get out of Demarius Thomas's way, and Thomas accidentally hit the sideline. To me, that's coaching. You need to be able to instill into these players a system. You need to put into their minds that if you don't make this play, you are not going to play. Yesterday, as much as we want to rip Adam Gaze, Nate Hairston did not play well. He was giving up everything to Slayton. Daniel Jones was tearing him apart, and he took Nate Hairston out of the game. Pat Shermer has backed down to every challenge that he has been presented. It is a disgrace that he's the coach of the Giants. He's a terrible head coach. He continues to boggle the minds of giant fans and right now he is right he's the number one public enemy in new york sports because now that the jets have won a game it's time for the giants to take a little bit of heat it was a game of uh who can suck less and really that's exactly what we got yesterday between the jets and the giants you're listening to 60 minute dash on all news radio powered by the connecticut school of broadcasting don't go away because we have a lot a lot more to talk about in sports the nfl got getting Whipped upside down yesterday in week 10. It's Nick Hunter and you on the 60 Minute Dash. Stay tuned. Connecticut School of Broadcasting founder Dick Robinson. You know, the media business has changed a lot since we opened our doors in 1964. Now media content is everywhere, on air, online, on the go. More than ever, companies are looking for people to help drive this new media. At Connecticut School of Broadcasting, you'll get hands-on training on the latest software and equipment in a matter of months, not years. Connecticut School of Broadcasting has placed thousands of grads in broadcast media careers. It's all about versatility. You see, at a radio station, if you also know how to shoot, edit, and post videos, you become a pretty hot commodity. That's the training you get at Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Connecticut School of Broadcasting with locations up and down the East Coast from Massachusetts to Miami. Call 1-800-TV-RADIO or log on to GoCSB.com. Connecticut School of Broadcasting, the nation's oldest and largest group of broadcast media schools. Redefining training in radio, TV, and new media. Get trained. Get connected. 1-800-TV-RADIO. 
the 60 Minute Dash, powered by All Noise Radio. You got more left, don't you? A whole lot. Don't I thought so. Oh, God. Oh, hold on. We're warming up. Going 0 to 60 with intense sports talk. You got it. It's Nick Hunter, and you're on the 60 Minute Dash. Well, guess what? We saw an intriguing New York matchup, one we don't get very often in the regular season, the Jets being the quote-unquote home team wearing their all blacks for the first time this year. No, they wore it once. Oh, yeah, you're right. They wore it against Cleveland when they got blown out. Yeah, well. Again. Unfortunate for us, they didn't get blown out again. Um, Still not the best game that I saw from the Jets in the last two years since Sam Darnold took over as uh, the Jets quarterback. But we did see a better Sam Darnold, 19 for 30, 230 yards. Listen, he threw the ball a lot better yesterday. I saw a lot more offense yesterday between Demarius Thomas, Jamison Crowder, Robbie Anderson. Still, he, well, he only had one reception. Well, still, but that Robbie uh, Anderson reception was probably I, the biggest reception of the game. I still want to see Ty Montgomery, though. Where is he? Like, well, that's the what's one of the questions I have because we were talking about how Saquon Barkley did nothing yesterday and he didn't do anything. Let's not excuse him. Le'Veon Bell Le'Veon didn't Bell. really do much. He had 34 yards yesterday and he had the one rushing touchdown, but he just ran over into the end zone. It was a one yard gain. Le'Veon Bell. He hasn't really done much. He's averaging what, like three yards per carry? And it's not all his fault. The offensive line is bad. But oh, it's, it's atrocious. Not, but it's not like the Giants have the greatest pass rush either. The Giants really don't have that many great, talented players on defense. And I want to just say I'm really happy for Darnold because he did get hit a little bit. He The pocket was collapsing, like I said, in the last segment. He had to step up. He had to make some throws. And he had that one play where the pocket collapsed. And he just stepped up, and he ran for 30 yards. And he got the Jets into position for a field goal. He really quieted the crowd yesterday because everyone, and I mean everyone that I listen to, is saying that they would take Daniel Jones over Sam Darnold in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, without even hesitating to ask. It's always between Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, and people are going to pick Daniel Jones every time. And to me, yes, Daniel Jones has had a better season for the most part. But you got to remember, Sam Darnold was unhealthy. He came into the season with mono. He really hasn't been able to adjust. And behind a terrible offense, it's not going to make it easier for him. Daniel Jones is still in his first year. Sam Darnold in his second. So... It's hard to say where each of these guys are at when they're both on terribly run organizations. Now, I don't know if the Giants are terribly run, but I just think that Pat Shermer's just not a good head coach. He's just not a good full head coach because he's developing Daniel Jones nicely. The only thing that Daniel Jones has to clean up is his ball security. Absolutely. The fumbles being stripped away. Because remember, Jamal Adams got to him earlier in the game. But Saquon Barkley, who got bull rushed on on that play too, but he just picked the ball up out of the air. Jamal Adams stripped him the the first time. Barkley was there to pick it up. The second time, Daniel Jones just got it taken away from him. Those are the only things that really need to be fixed because Daniel Jones is fitting that ball in. He abused Nate Hairston. He has become, I mean, he's developed some sort of a connection with Slayton. Slayton, who we were talking about earlier in the season, this Giants wide receiver core wasn't that deep. 
they didn't have an Odell Beckham. But the, the Giants receivers have been fine. Daniel Jones, two out of the last three games, has thrown for four touchdowns. None of the last none of the quarterbacks that were drafted in the last two years can say that. Two out of three games throwing for four touchdowns. Lamar Jackson can't say that. Did it in his debut too. Darnold can't say that. Josh Rosen, who can't even get on the field, can't say that. And his counterpart to a quarterback that was drafted this year, Kyler Murray, can't say that. I think Shermer does a great job with developing quarterbacks. He's an actual quarterback whisperer, unlike the clown that runs the Jets. But overall, as a as a head coach, you're not judged on one player. You're judged at the full helm of the team. If, but Nick, as we're talking about head coaches, I want to ask you about a decision that Adam Gaze made that I actually agreed with, go figure. The Jets are down 27-21. They're in field goal rage. Ficken missed a 53-yarder earlier in the game. He's lining up for a 52-yard field goal. It's about fourth and three from the giant, let's say, 40-yard line. What would you have done? He kicked the points, and I agreed with that. I think that in the position of the game, you need to make it a three-point game or at least try to. The Giants have all the momentum. You need to at least get that field goal and start over. What did you think about that move? Um, in that part of the field, yes, I would agree with it. If it was a fourth and one and you're from inside the opponent 40, I would maybe go for it. Maybe inside the 35. But where he was on the field and the amount of time that he had, he had all three timeouts, I think this was the right call. I liked it because I think that the Jets need to get a little bit of momentum back because the team, remember the Giants came back they took the lead, and they were just—they had the Jets on the ropes a little bit. They get the two-point conversion. They're really clicking on all cylinders. They're off 27-21, and if I'm the Jets, I need to get some points. I need to be able to put myself back in the game. And at least I, it puts you in within a field goal. Yes, that's my if point. It's, if it's 28-21, you're probably not going for that field goal because you're still down four. And— one thing that also kind of stands out to me, it's fourth and three. The Jets are throwing the ball all day because they couldn't run it. Both teams had under 50 yards rushing the whole game. So you knew that the Jets are going to throw it there. And I had to take my chances with a field goal rather than going after the Giant defense. I know the Giant defense isn't that good, but they know you're going to throw it. They know what the play is going to be. You need, you need to be able to just get yourself back in the game, calm everybody down. And that's what happened. And the Jets went out there and they won. You know, what's, in, what's interesting to me is, and a big takeaway from this game, the fact that I believe the Jets converted on two or three fourth down conversions. Yeah. And man. they had, before yesterday's game, they had three third down conversions in the past two games. That to me struck out in out of anything that happened yesterday. That was my biggest takeaway. The fact that they were able to convert on fourth down in big moments and really kept the momentum on their side, and I think that's why they won this game. Well, for me, two plays of the game. One, obviously, the Jamal Adams strip sack. I cannot speak volumes about what that did for the Jets. And two, the Giants getting stopped on fourth and one. That was a hell of a play by Jamal Adams. He just jumped over the offensive line and dragged Daniel Jones back. That was incredible. That completely shifted the momentum back again. This game was just a game of momentum. That's what a lot of football games are. But the Jets made the plays in the key spots that the Giants weren't able to make. Another thing that I really didn't get, I understand it's like 4th and 15 from their own 10-yard line late in the game with two minutes left. But there's only two minutes left, and you have no timeouts. Why are you punting? You only have the two-minute warning. What happened is he punts it. It goes, past, it goes to the two-minute warning. The Jets run the ball, and the Giants have the ball with... 28 seconds left on their own five-yard line. 
That's going to get the job done, Pat. That's what Giant fans want to see because he goes for it a couple weeks ago against Arizona. Remember this? Yeah. Remember he runs the draw play on third and 18, gets three yards, and then he goes for it fourth and 15 on thirty on his own 30-yard line? And then this time, with no timeouts, he punts the ball back. What? That, that just completely threw me off. I had no idea what this guy was doing at any point of this game. At least Gaze wasn't really tasked with going into some big-time decisions. Pat Shermer, every time that there was a big-time decision, he just backed down. The difference between Adam Gaze and Pat Shermer yesterday to me is Adam Gaze, I think, still... He comes to terms with the fact that this team is right now is not making the postseason. This was a meaningless football game. Not and according ju- to Darnold. Darnold says they can go on a run here. Well, okay, that's Darnold being all goody-two-shoes. But to me, this was just about going in with a plan, executing, getting the job done, and just winning the game. That's There was no pressure Absolutely. behind this game. For Pat Shermer, like you said before, this is about saving his own. It's about saving his job. He's coming in here thinking every, everything's going through his mind is I need to win this game because if I don't, I'm not coming back and I'm out of a job. Adam Gase, I think, knows that he's going to be back as the Jets head coach next year. He has a little bit more leniency. And the, Shermer's right now fighting for his job, and I don't think he knows how to do that. He doesn't. He doesn't have the first clue on how to coach. Now, we, listen. Let's I've look. seen no progress from his side in the past two years. At least this year, the, if I'm a, Jet, a Giants fan, I am happy with my quarterback. I am happy with my running back. But I am not happy with how Pat Shermer uses them. You know what I would do if I'm the Giants? I would do what the Jets should do. I would throw Pat Shermer out. I'd go get Mike McCarthy. Because think about how similar these two situations are. Okay? Young quarterback in his second year showed great promise in his first year. Stop me if you've heard this before. New York. I've heard this before. Oh, you've heard this before. You know why? Because this is the same exact situation the Jets were in. They had a lame duck head coach, because I think that no matter what Shermer does, he's gone. Because listen listen to this, Nick. Ready for this nice schedule the Giants have? They go to Chicago. They play the Packers. They go to Philly. They play the Dolphins, who surprisingly have played well. They've won two games in a row. They beat the Jets. They it's beat the Colts. magic, baby. They almost beat the Steelers. Then they go to Washington. Then they play the Eagles at home. So they have to play the Packers and the Eagles twice. You think they're winning any of those games? I mean, really. They, the Giants are probably going to fire Pat Shermer like they should. The Giants are going to have a top three pick in the draft next year. Again. And imagine getting a guy like Mike McCarthy to come here and coach the Giants with Daniel Jones. This is exactly what the Jets should have done last year, but they were too stupid to do it. And I think that the Giants are just going to re, uh, just going to basically take advantage of what the Jets couldn't do. They'll, they should hire Mike McCarthy. He's the guy that's fit for this job. He's a proven winner. He's won a Super Bowl, and he's great with quarterbacks. That checks off all the marks for the Giants. Now, here's a big, big question mark right now. Because if the Giants do get one of the top three picks in the draft, do they keep it or do they trade it with this high quarterback class? I mean, I don't know. It's the same thing with the Jets. I think the Jets are going to get a top five pick. And to me, both teams need the same thing. Offensive linemen. But for me, I think the Jets have a little bit more talent 
than the Giants. And listen, let's be honest. The Giants, this is something I haven't even touched on today with the Giants. We have wanted to see development. That is one of the, the Giants were losing games, but players were developing. That's different. When will the Giants ever develop? It looks like that they have not developed at all. We're looking for that next step from DeAndre Baker. He's getting abused every week. We're looking at a step up from Dexter Lawrence. He looks okay. Janoris Jenkins looks like he's laying down. We don't see much from anybody. This giant team has not developed. So do you go into trading that third overall pick or second overall pick, whatever the heck it may be? For the Jets case, they might try to trade back and get more offensive linemen. Because if you get an offensive line, Greg Williams has played up to this defense better than most would think. And the Jets are going to get healthier next year. They're going to get Mosley back. They're going to get Avery Williamson back. Another For thing me, we didn't mention is Quentin Williams in the game he had yesterday. I think he stepped up and came back strong Yes, from an injury. That's, that, that continues my point. The Jets have more talent on this team, so they know what they need to do. They need to go out and get an offensive I lineman. I would like to see the, the Jets get established linemen who have shown that they can excel at the NFL level. Whereas, because if you look back on the last... 10 drafts since 2010, all the high first-round picks that we struck out on, guys who were supposed to be up there in the draft, and we got them, J and they just... J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Where, have, where are they now? Oh, all the top 10 Jets drafts? Where are they now? Where are you? I believe that they the have, they've had 70 first-round picks since 2010, and only five of them didn't get traded. The Jets? And that includes Quentin Williams and uh, Sam Darnold. The Jets? Let me tell you something, Nick. The Jets are the only team to draft somebody from Alabama and then stink. Like D. Milliner. Quentin it's, Williams has looked better. It's just, the, it's just the Jets' way. It's weird. I don't... It, it, the Jets are the only team that doesn't know how to scout a, team, a guy from Alabama. Or they just don't know how to coach him up. Either or. Probably both. But listen, the Giants... What would you do if you get that third? Let's go through both teams. Jets, Giants, you're in the top five. I'm not even going to name. You're not going to be the first overall pick because the Bengals exist. So what do you do if you're the Jets or the Giants? Let's say the Giants are three, the Jets are four, whatever it may be. If you're the Giants, you're sitting at number three. You get a phone call to swap first round, first round picks for this year, get another first round pick, and then you get a first round pick next year. So let's say you're in the first round for this year at like seven. And then you get two first-round picks next year. Or they trade you your second this year, like a first this year, a second this year, and another first next year. Something like that. What do you do? I'm selling that pick, man. <laughs> I got to get rid of it. For I, me, if I'm the Giants, I have to. The, the Like I said before, the Jets can probably afford just to draft the best offensive linemen. Where if, the Giants have so many holes, they're probably going to have to trade it out and draft more players. They're going to have to draft a lot of players. And they have a lot of cap space, too. So if they could draft a player, a couple players, and sign a few players, then you're looking at a nice system that you're able to build on. If on the Jets, though, or the Giants for that matter, because like you said, they both need to fill the same holes. They're both... I think the Jets have more talent, though. With seven, no, I agree with that. In some cases, I do think that the, Gi the Giants have better receivers. And, I, 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 and that's one thing that the Giants make mistakes on, usually, is they always draft receivers too high in the draft and they just get washed up and don't work out well look at Gettleman I mean he's had a lot of mixed results on a tenure but we're all talking about how terrible the Odell Beckham trade was some people were at least a lot of people I was happy about it a lot of Giant fans were happy about it but that Odell Beckham trade looks great because Slayton looks good Golden Tate looks like a solid player 
I mean, Cody Latimer looks good. Like you said, I think the Giants have better receivers, but what the Giants need, for God's sake, they need an offensive line and they need defense because they have nothing. At least the Jets have players coming back from injury that you can rely on. True. If I'm the and Jets, I stay in that pick and I draft the best offensive lineman available. But the Giants, you're going to have to trade out. You're going to have to get more and more players to try to fill these voids. I agree, and I think there's a lot of there's a couple guys in free agent that will be free agents at the end of the year that the Jets could look into, like a guy like Anthony Casanzo on Indianapolis. Those are guys that, that Jets are going to need to keep an eye on. This is Nick Hunter and you on the 60-Minute Dash. Stay tuned because we have half number two coming your way. You know, our jobs occupy more than half our waking hours. Shouldn't we be doing something we love? Call Connecticut School of Broadcasting at 1-800-TV-RADIO or log on to GoCSB.com. Since 1964, Connecticut School of Broadcasting, with a network of 12 campuses from Massachusetts to Miami, has helped place thousands of grads as DJs, sportscasters, entertainment reporters, behind the scenes in audio and video production, every aspect of the broadcast media. Connecticut School of Broadcasting has trained men and women of all ages and backgrounds in a matter of months, not years. Learn by doing from area radio and TV pros. Call 1-800-TV-RADIO or log on to GoCSB.com. Remember, it's never too late to love what you do. Day and evening classes begin soon. Get trained. Get connected now. Ho, 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 ho. Santa Claus is here. Huddle up. It's the 60-Minute Dash with your host, Hunter Highwell and Nick Pellucci. And we are back, Nick Hunter and you on the 60-Minute Dash. Well, we spent a good time, a pretty penny, on the Jets and Giants in the first half of our show. And rightfully so, because we're New York-based, we're avid Jets fans, but we do want to see, we want to see the Giants do well. And yeah, I have no, they, I have they, no they, hate for the Giants. They, I want them to do well. I want these teams to finally turn the right corner, because it's just embarrassing being from... In my eyes, the best place on earth, New York. Everybody wants to be here. But then we just have miserable sports teams. Other than the Yankees, other than the Islanders, it's just an embarrassment here. And we want to see some change. I mean, we want to see some change in 2020. Knicks, think about it. The Knicks are holding. I want to have 2020 vision in 2020. All right? the, the Knicks are holding a press conference today to apologize to the fan base. I would. The Rangers. I can't believe that. They they almost sell out the Garden every night for a Knicks game. I would not pay a dime to go see the Knicks play basketball. It's embarrassing. No, they're terrible. Are you I mean, kidding me? They've gotten blown out. Not by... to mention, I don't like watching basketball, but it's just not a good product that you're putting out there for people that are spending good money to sit in those seats at Madison Square Garden, the the mecca of sports, and they put on that garbage well look they got blown up by cleveland last night and you're trying to look for development with the knicks but you're not finding it right now i mean right you're seeing some flashes jt barrett looks like a player kevin knox looks like a player okay but how do you go from having two potential max players to not even getting one and your plan b is more like a plan z well, listen, the Knicks went about it right, in my opinion. They did everything right. Just because they're not winning right now doesn't mean that they're going to suck for eternity. Because, listen, if they had gotten Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, 
the Knicks are so far away from winning as it is, it wouldn't have made that much of a difference. They just don't have enough players on this team. That's what it comes down to. That's why signing guys like Marcus Morris and Julius Randle and those type of guys to just trade away. They're going to trade them. They're going to get more picks. They're going to try to get as many young players here as possible. And then when you have a chance, you'll be able to get those Supermax rates. You're shaking your head. I mean, you're just... Because I can't believe we're wasting airspace on the New York Knicks right now. Well, I mean, come but, on. I, I, the Knicks are an interesting conversation. They are. And you know what I find funny is I, that they roughed, up, they roughed up the Mavericks when they went into Dallas, even though oh, Chris... Oh, well, that was just it. because... Fitting because of Porzingis coming back. Well, Porzingis comes back to the Garden, I believe, on Friday. That's set to be a good time. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait not to watch it. <laughs> come Funny. on, they, they lost badly to the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers are no better than the New York Knicks. Let's be real. Well, they, the, they have nothing going Fizda, on. The, I've I read something today that the Knicks are not straying away from firing Fizdale. And... I like to hear that, though. you got to put a guy in the hot seat because maybe he will start to perform better as a head coach. He'll start to feel that fire under him. I'm just tired of hearing the blame put on every coach in every sport because maybe the players just suck, okay? Well, These guys are not good. They, they cannot play basketball at a high level. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm going to give you this situation, okay? And I understand that football coaches are different than any other sport. But listen, the Islanders a couple years ago... They were terrible. They gave up the most goals allowed right, they have, they in the have a NHL. Head coach, I understand. Then, yes. But whoa, they have the same roster, the same exact people, and they are winning because a coach makes all the difference. A system setup. Listen, I'm not saying that a coach makes everything because they don't. A coach is only a part of the problem. But they need to get players here. But you can't sell me on the fact that this is all. You can't sell me that this is all Fizdale's fault, and you can't sell me that it's all the players' fault. It's not, because here's the here's the thing too. You might have a great coach, but if the players aren't listening to him, then what's the point? And if the players just aren't talented enough, then you're not going to win. But the the things that coaches do is they get the most out of their players. Look at John Gruden in Oakland. The Raiders don't have that much talent. They really don't. And I don't want to hear. Oh, they have Carr and Tyrell Williams. That's like they have four players on that entire roster, and they're five and four because the coach is getting they, the most out of that team. They they might actually have, have a case to win the AFC West right now because the Chiefs don't look good at all. Their defense is miserable. They got miserable. They, they gave up a lead yesterday. They were up 29-20 to the Titans. They got by Ryan Tannehill. Oh, that's another thing. Oh, remember everybody said, oh, Gaze really helped Tannehill. Gaze looks, I mean, Tannehill looks liberated in Tennessee. He was, he's like, thank God I'm free from that loser that I had in Miami. He's winning football games. What does he only have, like, one loss? He's reviving the Titans from the dead. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. No wonder why Miami threw him out. And now that Indianapolis lost to the Miami Dolphins, even they, the Titans, have a chance to win the South again. Yeah, now the, the that AFC West, or, I mean the AFC, the AFC South, South is completely jumbled because remember, you got the Texans, the Jaguars aren't dead yet because Foles is coming back. You have the Colts at five and four, and you have the Titans at five and five. What the heck is going to happen there? When I told you I wanted to start the show with the fresh pins because this NFL really got flipped, turned upside down. <laughs> It did yesterday. We saw a lot of upsets, a lot of 
mismatches that turned into you know completely different outcomes. You're talking Cleveland winning 1916 against Buffalo. Oh, that brought me so much joy. I don't know really? if I've ever told anybody about this. I hate the Bills. I can't stand. It. I don't know what it is about them. I don't like Buffalo. I don't like the Bills. I don't like anything about you, them. You don't support Bills Mafia, man. No, I hate this, the Bills. When they, you <laughs> there know was the a thi- girl yesterday that tried breaking one of those tables with like a sh- uh, <laughs> an elbow. She <laughs> bounced off the table and rolled off. It was great. Dude, I but, loved it. You know what? Something about the Bills is I never really hated the Bills until they made the playoffs two years ago. Like that just angered me to See, no end. I, I would have. Even in your position, I know you hate Buffalo for whatever reason. I would have rooted for them yesterday because I would I hate the Browns even more. Why? I hate, I hate everything they stand for. I don't really hate the Browns. I just don't like that they were so cocky in the offseason. That's why I don't like them. But, I mean, the, come it's, on. I, it's clear. They're what, a bunch what the of hell, misfits. What, what the hell have the Browns ever done to anybody? I mean, come on. Tim they're Couch bu- is probably the greatest quarterback in their history, and he was terrible. Think about it. I mean, I'm talking about the second version of the Browns. Not the first version of the Browns, the second. Okay. okay. And didn't they have like the best running back of all time, Jim Brown? Yes. Yeah. But that's the original Browns that became yeah. the Ravens. Right, right. But listen, the Browns, I was so happy that they beat the Bills because you know why? When I went to the Jet Bill game this year, all I heard were the Bills fans trash talking me. They were sh- they were just talking so much garbage. That Darnold is a system quarterback. He's terrible. Josh Allen's the best quarterback ever. Josh Allen. He's winning games, but he does not look that good. He's throwing for like 170 yards in every game. I think he's been vulnerable when he when he is not in the pocket for more than well when he is in the pocket for more than three seconds. He he can't do it. He looks like he's more in tune to run with the ball than he is to throw it. He's running the ball at a high rate. And did you see him fumble on the goal line? That's what's going to get him in trouble. I think he chooses the wrong time to run the football. He, this is not college football anymore. And we've seen this trend for the past 10 years where the NFL is getting these quarterbacks that are two-way players. They're mobile, and they could throw the ball. Well, I think the Giants took a different route in taking Daniel Jones, and it seems to be a good one. He's not really a mobile quarterback, but he can sling it. He yes. really can. Daniel and Jones he's can smart. run. He's a, he has a high football IQ, and he's looked great at this level. Whereas guys who can run the ball, they don't throw the football enough. They force the run, and they get into trouble. The only guy that can get away with not throwing the ball as much, Lamar Jackson. Did you see him hit the B button yesterday in Cincinnati? Oh, 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 <laughs> like my my God. God. I jumped out of my chair on that. And you know Dude, what? And Thank- I saw it live. They put, it, they put like a live thing on during the Jets and Giants game and they showed the play it may not have been live but it just happened and I just dropped my jaw just dropped I was with a Ravens fan too so he's just like nudging on me getting all hyped up about his quarterback and I, I still don't like him but you don't like Lamar Jackson I don't he's the next Michael Vick like we've seen a lot like I've said we've seen a lot of two-way quarterbacks in this league but none have come close to Michael Vick as Lamar Jackson well, Lamar Jackson, here's the thing about him. He's just so versatile. He's not, he's not the best thrower of the ball, but can he run it? And the best thing about that is he's able to throw it because he can run it. You have to prepare for him to run. Lamar Jackson, I'm happy for him. 
because everybody was like, he's a running back, he's a wide receiver, he can't play quarterback. You know what? Prove the haters wrong. Good for him. I want to see him put on a few pounds this offseason, though, because I'm worried that he's going to have an RG3 moment where he gets a gruesome injury, and then when he finally gets healthy, he's not the same. He starts, you know, second-guessing himself when he's running the ball, and then he just falls off and he's not a starter in five years that's what i don't want to see from him i want to be able to see this kind of product on the field for the length of his career and if he gets hurt we're not going to see that i agree but i just think that he's so elusive that he might not even get hurt and he's been doing this for his entire career he's never really been a pocket passer he's been a mobile guy so i can feel that he's able to take this abuse more than any other quarterback it definitely helps that he's on a team that like i I say this every week baltimore is a great run organization they oh my god all the right guys jim harbaugh great coach john john jim whatever jim's sucking it up in michigan right now (laughs) so john you know what i think is one of the reasons why lamar jackson's so successful is because he has a guy like john harbaugh john harbaugh is a great coach he's a proven winner all he knows how to do is win and he's able to develop a quarterback nicely he knew when it was time to move on from joe flacco he saw that lamar jackson was able to give the team a spark he was able to do things that joe flacco just wasn't able to do and Lamar Jackson is able to talk to his coach and say, what did I do wrong? And Harbaugh is able to communicate with him. That's the thing. You need a good communication between your head coach and your quarterback. If you don't have that, your quarterback's just caught in limbo. You're just going to get the Mark Sanchez. Because to me, Rex Ryan, I thought he was a good head coach, but he never talked to Mark Sanchez. It was always up to the offensive coordinator. You need to be able to be on the same page as your head coach. And John Harbaugh knows what he can get away with with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson... The best thing about him is he wants to be great. He wants to win. He wants to show you, I can do this. I don't know if he's a star yet, but my God, is he on a collision course with stardom? He is. And it's, they still played an un, a, a team that has yet to win a game. But they've There's beaten a, good teams, too. They, they, I mean, they, they, they beat the, New the England. England. Yes. They beat the Patriots. And he beat ran them. all over New England. They didn't that just beat them. Uh, they roughed the them up. The best defense. They in football, they and they, were, incredible. We, we <laughs> just went tip for tat right there. There's other games yesterday, though. If I were to do a pick em on every one of these games, I would have done awful yesterday. With Pittsburgh beating the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, I was all over Pittsburgh yesterday. And Miami Humber- beating Indianapolis. And then Atlanta. Did you see Atlanta completely torch up New Orleans? And New Orleans had no answer for them. Drew Brees, what happened? I just think that Atlanta, over the bye week, has heard the noise. Dan Quinn's going to get fired. And they like Dan Quinn, the player. I mean, how do you not like your head coach? I just think that the Saints probably got caught. They just got caught looking off guard. And the Falcons went into New Orleans, which is even crazier that they went into New Orleans. And they kicked the crap out of the Saints. That was a 26-9 victory. Austin Hooper with a couple with a couple big receptions. He had a touchdown in this game. The, the Falcons just harassed Drew Brees. They sacked him like six times. This is the kind of game that I want to see the Jets do to the Patriots. You know, where a game that the Jets aren't supposed to win, they go to Foxborough, and they just blank the Patriots, but it never happens. Yeah, I just think that New Orleans is only going to come back stronger from this. I think that sometimes you need to be able to lose a game to become, to have a better season overall. You need to get kicked in the teeth. You need to get knocked down. We're going to take a quick break, but we will get back to some of the NFL. We got a couple of players who have never made it 
but deserve to have that ring on their finger. It's Nick Hunter and you on the 60 Minute Dash. We'll talk a lot more when we come back. Stay tuned. All Noise Radio. Powered by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. All Noise Radio is an internet radio station that's fully produced by graduates of the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. From modern rock to old school hip-hop, country to classical, news, talk, sports, and more. It's the noise you can't ignore. Log on to allnoiseradio.com. Fire up the station. Find out more about your favorite jocks. Get the latest CSB news and more. Plus, you can take All Noise Radio with you on the go for free. Just download the Live 365 app to your iPhone, iPod Touch, or BlackBerry and search All Noise Radio. Check out tomorrow's broadcasters today at allnoiseradio.com. Powered by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. The 60-Minute Dash on All Noise Radio. Powered by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Follow the 60-Minute Dash on Twitter and on Instagram at the 60-Minute Dash. And on Twitter, ask questions and answer polls using hashtag Ask60. This has been a fun show. I mean, I didn't really have to scream my head off at the New York Jets. The huh. Mets aren't playing right now because it's the offseason. And, you know... It's a, it's a calm time. It's a, it, the holidays are coming. I'm feeling good. Things yep. are going at smooth, crisp and smoothly. The, I only be, bad, the only bad part of my life right now is my torn ACL, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I, the only thing I need in my life is for the Jets to beat the Redskins next week. Because that's what they need to do, Nick. The Jets need to go down to Washington. They need to beat the Redskins before they get ready for the Raiders. Because the Redskins are terrible, Nick. They're awful. They lost. They're going to lose what fourteen games this year, and I don't want the Jets to be that second win for them. The Jets need to beat the Redskins, but Nick, like we always do, we need to talk about our picks. And I know you're not a happy guy today, because you're zero and two this week, and you're banking on the Seahawks tonight to cover a six-point spread. Well, they have to. They're the underdog, so they just they're need up. to cover the number. Yeah. But listen, I went one and two this week. I mean, <laughs> shocker. But like. Like we talked about, I still have a comfortable lead. I'm 16 and 10 right now. Yeah, shut up. Uh, we we, <laughs> we were talking about the Saints, how they got bo- how they got just destroyed by the Falcons. I picked them. Go figure. I had the Raiders against your Chargers in a pick'em, and the Raiders won that game. And I had the Bills plus two and a half against the Browns. Of course, they had to lose by three. Right. So <laughs> I had the same one. It's. Man, I just had too much faith in the Bills. Of course, the one time I yeah. need the Bills to do something, they screw me over. I That's agree. why I hate the Bills, Nick. One of the reasons. But anyway, we got to get to our picks this week. And I'm going to start it off with a team. Actually, we didn't even get to talk about this game first. Before I make my picks, let's talk about this game. The Panthers go into Lambeau in a snowy Lambeau field, and they lose to the Packers. No, that was flurries, okay? There was no snow. It started to build at the end. Come on. Uh, Come on. It's not It's not classic Lambeau. No, but listen. It wasn't. It was cold, it was frozen, and the Panthers, they looked like that they were just going to roll over and die. And also, Ron Rivera, why is he going for two early in the fourth quarter? I don't get that. He loves that. it. He loves it. He does it all the time. I know he does it all the time, <laughs> but he hasn't won anything with it. He always gets blown out in a playoff game. He loses big games. But listen, give credit to Kyle Allen. He settled in. He made some big plays. Christian McCaffrey looks like he's on track to be at least an MVP candidate. Dude, they scored 16 points, and he still has 100 yards. I know. It's, that, it's crazy. That was probably his worst game of the year. And he's still got 108 yards on 20 carries. He still averages, what is it? What is his average per carry this year? I think it's got to av- be. He's averaging six. like six. Yeah, he's averaging like six. six. And I know my friend has him in fantasy, so he just changed his team name to McCaffrey and Paul. Okay. The guy with the best record in my fantasy league 
he, uh, he's actually losing this week, but the only reason why he's eight and one going to be eight and two is because he has McCaffrey and Mike Evans. <laughs> Other than that, his team sucks. His starting quarterback is Daniel Jones. Nice. Who had four touchdowns yesterday, which is a great fantasy day. But like I said, Nick, we have to get to our picks. I'm rolling with the Panthers. I'm going to roll with the Panthers. They're going to play the Atlanta Falcons this week. I think the Falcons are going to have a letdown game, and the Panthers need a response. They lost to the they lost to the Packers. They had a couple. They've had a couple of rough. Excuse, I can't talk today. Rough losses in the last few weeks to the. Who they lose to a couple weeks ago? The 49ers, and they lost to the Packers this week. I expect them to come out in a full frontal assault on the Falcons. I think they're going to win big. It's only a five. Full frontal. It's a five and a half point spread. They could have covered that easily. I'd give me the Panthers, favored five and a half over the Falcons. The Steelers, my God, have I won some money on them in recent weeks? Everybody's doubted the Steelers. They were 0 and three. They're five and four. Mason Rudolph looks like a player. They roughed up Jared Goff, who, by the way, Sean McVay. He, oh, that rhymed. Look at that. But Sean McVay looks like to be who everybody was anointing him, the greatest head coach of all time who never won anything. Why is he punt, Why is he fake punting on fourth and one from his own 38-yard line? If you're going to fake punt it, why don't you just go for it if your offense is so great and you're such an on offensive genius? On a fourth genius. and one, nonetheless. Say on a fourth and three, fourth and five, yeah, you fake punt it. But not on a fourth and one where you can either per, do – in that situation, you line up everybody together – you do the fake fullback draw up the A-gap, and then you just bootleg it out, and you, ru- you race for that marker. That's well, what I would do every time. Sean McVay is a loser, but Mike Tomlin has shown that he's a great head coach. He's gotten his team back to 5-4, and four, and the Steelers are all of a sudden back in the hunt for a playoff spot. I'm picking, the, I'm picking the Steelers. They're playing the Brownies this week in Cleveland. And when have the Browns ever beaten the Steelers? I mean, come on. In a big spot, the Steelers own the Browns. Always have. Always will. That's just how it's going to be. And the Steelers are going to beat the Browns, by I think, by a big score this week. I love the Steelers going into Cleveland this week. They're two-and-a-half-point underdogs. I'm getting points. I mean, come on. And the Saints, they have to have a bounce back. Are you kidding me? They cannot lose two games in a row. They play the Buccaneers. Jameis Winston has had a couple good games in a row. He's due for a bad one. We all know who Jameis Winston is and what he's all about. Winston's going to have a rough game against this Saints defense. The Saints need this win. They need to get back to the top of the NFC because right now they're losing ground. They cannot allow to. They cannot allow themselves to lose this game. Give me the Saints minus five over the Bucs. I believe it's in Tampa Bay, but I don't care where this game is played. The Saints are going to win big. Nick? Take it away. Well, like you said, I'm f- starting off 0-2. It's not looking good. I also picked the Bills, and they choose the worst time to lose, and it's against the Browns. Then I picked the Lions because I thought the Bears weren't going to win a game this year. I thought they were done. But Detroit just can't seem to get out of their own way. It's every year I see this. And to me, Matt Stafford is probably a top-five quarterback in this league. What'd you say? I, 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 I cleared I, my throat. I, I thought you were saying something at me under your breath, and we were about to have to have a No, no, no. I was clearing my throat. In the middle I'm, of our segment. I'm sorry. So, so I'm going to tonight, but I'm going to lift on the Seahawks at plus six tonight, hopefully. I mean, I still want – I actually want the Niners to win because I just want them to see how far this can go, even though I love Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. But anyway, this week, as we talked about the Jets needing to win next week, and they need to win against the Washington Redskins. So I'm picking the Jets. They're the underdog to the Redskins at one and a half. So if they, w- all they have to do is win this game. That's all they have to do. Just win it. 
And I think they will. Give me the Jets. One and a half. I, the was, I was thinking about the Jets. But yeah, I just... I really don't like any of the other spreads. The spreads on this next week week 11 is just scary like this next one that i'm picking i'm really scared that i'm picking this i'm picking the raiders because they look good this year john gruden has already proven that he's a good coach he was out of it for almost two decades but he comes back and he reconstructs this team a team that was on hard knocks a team that had all this noise going into the season and they have silenced the doubters they go and they beat the Los Angeles Chargers on Thursday night football, 26-24, unfortunately. Uh, Josh Jacobs is the real deal. And I believe that's a huge part as why Derek Carr has had the year he's been having. He's been able to be a leader on this team and prove himself right. I think that he can cover this 10.5 point spread. They're going to beat the Bengals by the score of 28-13. to So that give me the Raiders over the Bengals. And lastly, I am also going with the Steelers. The Steelers I got against the Browns because forget the Browns. They're not a good team. I think the Steelers are a slam dunk this week. The Steelers are a slam dunk. Steelers are going to take back, maybe not this division, but they'll take back a wild card, and we'll see you in playoffs with Mason Rudolph at the helm. I just think that right now you said you picked the Jets. I want to pick the Jets so bad. I love the Jets. You know that. I love the Jets. But how many times do they win a big game, go out the next week, and crap the bed? How many times do they do that? They always win a game. They go out, especially to somewhere like Washington, like a team that they should just decimate. They'll go out there, and they'll make the Redskins look like the 85 Bears. You know that. I know that. But listen, this is a huge game for Gaze. Right now, the mission for Gaze, they don't, it doesn't look like they're going to fire him. It looks like he's going to be here for the long run. So he needs to win games. He needs to instill confidence into this team. He needs to make Jamal Adams feel like, wow, we can win here because he wants to win here. He needs to make these players and make free agents want to come here. He needs to win football games. He needs to develop Darnold. He cannot afford to lose to Washington. There are a couple cupcakes on this Jet schedule. They played the Giants. There you go. There's one. They play the Bengals. They play the Redskins. They play the Raiders, which is a little tough. They play the Dolphins one more time. And Buffalo all of a sudden looks beatable. Buffalo's offense Buff- is not very the good. The almost beat Buffalo, so let's point it there. Yes. The they J- could very easily be a 3-16. and 16. Oh, boy, what a difference. <laughs> well, the, the, the Jets have <laughs> it had... It sounds a lot better than 2-7, and seven, to be honest with you. It does. <laughs> but the Jets, have had a lo- the Jets have had opportunities to win games. Like the Cleveland game, even though they lost by 20 points, they should have won that game, as weird as it sounds. But the Jets, they need to win games. That's the bottom line. I want to pick them, but I can't. I don't trust them. How can I? You can't. Exactly. I'm, you I, can't, but I, I'm going to because I'm stupid. You're going to have to because, listen, the Jets need to win this game. And if you're a Jet fan, why not? You got to bet on them, right? Don't they say picking against your team is like is like voodoo? You can't do it. Yeah, well, I do that more than a handful of times every year we do this. Which, well, I mean, it's only the second year that we're doing it. But no, I know. <laughs> please, please. Was it, what, uh, what was your game of the week, though, this week? My game of the week? Me was the Vikings beating the Cowboys. That was a great football game. It was a good football game. Um, and Amari Cooper got me a lot of fantasy points. To me, it had to be between Thursday night 
because that was a back-and-forth game. I mean, the Jets and Giants would be probably game of the week because that was a seesaw game, but they're just two bad teams. I like the upset with Tennessee beating Kansas City. Kansas City is not what they were last year. Well, they're they're lost without Justin Houston and D Ford. Their their offense is lethal, but that defense is atrocious. It, and that defense is gonna that defense is gonna wind up getting them into serious trouble. How? I, I listen. They're still gonna probably win this division, but they're they're gonna find themselves in trouble if they have to play Baltimore, New England. That's just the bottom line. I think Baltimore. They beat Baltimore once this year. I don't think they'll do it again. There really really is no elite teams in the National Football League anymore. There really isn't. You have your Patriots and you have your Ravens. And in the NFC, I can't point one guy out. The Saints, but they just lost the Falcons. I mean, the 49ers haven't lost yet, but have they really been tested? I guess that's the question. They'll be playing the Seahawks tonight. Great game on, on schedule. We'll talk to you guys next week. You've been listening to the 60-Minute Dash on All Knowledge Radio, powered by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. As always, follow the 60-Minute Dash on Twitter and on Instagram at the 60-Minute Dash. We thank you all so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time.